I was sitting with my soul and I just started saying thank you, you know, and I started getting really grateful and I was just like, thank you, thank you. And with each thank you, I could feel this connection growing. Started at my toes and I slowly started to feel this like kind of electricity come up. And I said, thank you, thank you. And I felt it go through each chakra and then get to my heart and just kind of like explode. Welcome to Simply Woke, a podcast about awakening experiences. These are the transformative events that connect us to our spiritual selves and personal truths. I'm Alessandra Johnston, and each week I speak with a different guest about how they woke up, what happened, what they learned, and how it shifted their life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, this is Alessandra, your host for Simply Woke, and thank you so much for joining me today. First off, I'm feeling super blessed because this podcast launched last week and I've been pleasantly surprised by the response. Seriously, I was so nervous to share this podcast. I love creating things, but when it comes to sharing my creations, that's where I feel a tremendous amount of resistance. And I'm so happy I pushed through because I have received so many messages of love and support, and I am so grateful for them all. I received messages from people that I haven't spoken to in years. Seriously, if you're tuning in for the first time or you've listened to previous episodes, my heart thanks you. If you've been enjoying the podcast, then please take a moment to head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review it, and this will help others to find the show and hopefully spread the message of awakening. This is episode number four, and I'm speaking with April Kumara, a wife and mother who only recently discovered her medium abilities. We talk about her fearful upbringing, how she discovered her gifts, the difference between hearing the voice of your ego and the voice of your intuition, and the importance of valuing yourself in gratitude. So let's jump in. Here's April Kumara. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, no problem. So excited. So I guess I'm really just mostly curious about, basically about your spirituality and your spiritual journey and how it kind of came to you. Okay. Okay. So I'll just start with like where everything started. Cause if I'm going to be really honest, I feel like the whole process has been my entire life, but I'll hit like the key points. I grew up Southern Baptist. There was like a lot of like always going to church, you know, like Southern Baptist, they kind of preach like more hellfire and brimstone. And for people who don't know what that is, it's basically just saying that if you don't believe in God, you're going to go to hell. And you know, if you're not saved or baptized or you don't live this certain life, you're going to go to hell. So that instilled this huge fear in me as like a child, as this child, I remember I was like eight, nine, 10 years old and I'd be in the car with my parents thinking like, oh my God, am I saved? Do I, am I still saved? You know, like I got baptized and I was like young, does that even mean anything? You know, and I find myself asking these questions like, well, do I really believe that Jesus is the one and only way to like not suffer? And I just could never fully get behind it. But I lied to myself so much because it's like, well, this is what everyone wants me to believe. And if I don't believe this, then, you know, they're going to think I'm going to hell and I'm going to think I'm going to hell. So it's just easier to like follow the pattern, you know, but that pattern led to dysfunction. Like I was so stressed out as a teenager, like I was smoking marijuana at like 15 because I was just like, I just need a break because like everything that I was taught was really killing me on the inside. It was like really disconnecting me from my soul. And I think we all go through periods like that. But for me, it was like so emotional and it got very very dark for a very long time 
but even through the darkness, like there was just something in me that knew like there was a purpose behind it that knew that there was going to be like light shed on it. I would really just allowed myself like in my teenage years to just really embrace the dark side of me, you know what I mean? And just really explore that side of me. And I think that's what a lot of people who come on this spiritual path haven't done yet. They haven't truly allowed themselves to like explore the themes that go on. And by exploring it, I was just able to see like, oh, this is very unhealthy. You know, it was like that whole idea of, well, something outside me brings me pleasure. And like, it was something in me that was seeking that pleasure, that was seeking that like nirvana, but I was seeking it in all the wrong places. And so it was like this constant journey of seeking that nirvana, that like thing that my soul knew I was meant to have, but finding it in things that were supplemental, I guess, or things that were outside myself. And so I got to the point where, got off the drugs and I was just kind of like getting myself sober and it's so funny to talk about getting yourself sober at like 16 but that was my life like I did everything like very early were you doing you were just smoking marijuana or were you were you experimenting with other drugs as well yeah no I was like experimenting I did like a lot of like party drugs so like ecstasy and like pills and things like that but really what I was just seeking that like that thing that I was missing and what I found as as a medium now, those feelings that I used to seek with, when you get it from a drug, it's sensory overload. It just completely takes you over. And when you're seeking drugs, it's usually because your mind is just so going so wild. Like you need that to just release. Once I got out of that and I realized like, okay, I like discovered I had these gifts as a medium. And when I would connect with spirit, it was like the most gentle, loving version of that. It was like the part of that that was missing the whole time. The part of that that I kept, that I was searching for in like a drug, but it's, I found it inside myself. How did you stumble upon your, your abilities? Or was it something that you've always had, but didn't realize? So the gifts that I was like, I honestly, I've had from like the very beginning, knowing it now, is I was very clear cognizant. Because claircognizant is literally the ability to interchange your thoughts with spirit. Claircognizance is more, um, if you watch Gigi Young, she's like a really awesome psychic that anyone who wants to develop, I think they should like check her YouTube out. But she was talking about in her intermystic course that I took, she was saying that there's the lunar clairs, which are the clairs that are more internal knowings, mm-hmm. and, but they're not as flashy. They're not as in your face. They're not as, oh my God, this is someone else. It sounds like yourself. It sounds like your voice in your head talking to yourself. And so I'd be able to ask questions and just instantly get answers. So how do you know that it's not yourself though? So the difference between having like your own thoughts versus spirit thoughts for me, what I've had to come to is that there's more than one sensory going on. So when we have our ego playing, our ego will sound kind of like the, the tune you've been going to your whole life. It like has that similar vibration of all the problems you've been feeding into. It has a similar vibrations of pretty much just like past stuff. Like it feels normal. It feels comfortable, but it's not true, if that makes sense. So like the so stories that you tell yourself over and over again? Yeah. So your ego is basically just like repeating the past. If I were to say, okay, now how do I know that claircognizant isn't my own thought? It's because it's something that I have no business knowing about someone else. There's nothing going on around me. It's one of those thoughts that just comes out of the blue. Something that pops up in front of you and you're just like, whoa, where did this come from? I would say, you know, I have a really good way of explaining it. So you know how we're both just talking about, we like to run. 
you know, when you're running and like that thought just comes to you of like something of the past that you like haven't healed yet. Sure. You know, it's like, you'll be running and you just realize like, wow, I was really kind of mean to this person. And I don't know why I was mean to them. Mm -hmm. And so that can be sometimes like a claircognizant download when you're running and you just have that, like you're in that space, you know, your mind is clear and it's like your intuition trying to get you to heal old things, if that makes sense. So there's the healing aspect of it, which is your intuition. And so I always try to follow the thoughts and the feelings that feel the best. Okay. How do you know, like, if you say you get a fearful thought, mm -hmm. that that's not your intuition kind of telling you to be careful versus just plain egoic fear? So what I've learned is that the egoic fear, it comes out fast, it comes out loud, it's flashy, it's in your face, it's like you can't get rid of it, it's that like, it's that like leech on the side of your, like your, um, on your side that's like, get it off, but it's just not coming and you can't stop but focusing on it. Your intuition will sound like a, it'll sound like a question and it'll like ask, like, do you really want to do this? Like, is okay. this really for your best good? It'll sound like a suggestion. How would it feel if you just looked at this a little bit different? You know, it's like softer. so much softer, softer to the point where it can almost seem timid. For me, spirit messages, they always come multi-sensory. So it's like a hear, like I'll hear something and then I'll get like real, like tingles all over. And it's like, it's like this like rain downpour of like love. You know what I mean? But I've learned to tune into that. And that's what a lot of people haven't done. They haven't learned how to tune into that, that ability to perceive and different with multi-sensory versus your ego. Your ego just like lays the law down and says, no, you can't do this. But it's your ego. It's not your higher self. So you have to learn the difference. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, which is tricky. I think that's what a lot of people, I know that's what I'm personally kind of working towards because this is all very new for me. I was like, one thing that I realized, like a lot of like my spirit team has always come forward to say to people is that the only reason why we're so scared, we're so scared to make the decision of like, well, if I do this and it's out of my ego, then what's going to happen? Mm. And the truth is, well, then you learn, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like some of our best lessons are learned. Like I can't, like I've never learned more in my life than when I was in that place at 16 years old, trying to find myself, trying to get sober. And it was the lowest point I've ever been, but I've learned so much about myself from that space. So we have to kind of stop this idea of, oh, everything that we do needs to be of love and light. And we need to start realizing everything that we do here is an experience. And everything that we experience, no matter how good, no matter how bad, is always putting us to where we, so stop trying to decide whether or not something's of your ego or not and just explore it. Because the truth of the matter is that you have the ability to change your direction at any given moment. So you may have to feel something out. You may have to feel out your intuition and say, hmm, I don't know if I can do this or not, but my intuition, I think it's my intuition. I can't really tell. Well, the fastest way for you to tell is to actually take some action and to actually follow that. And if it starts to feel like bad at any time, evaluate what your beliefs are. If your beliefs align with it and it still feels bad, then that's telling your intuition is saying no, but you have to experience it first. Definitely. Definitely. So you mentioned when you were 16 that you you obviously went through a very dark period was that when you kind of started waking up to to your spiritual self or was so, there another experience so I would say that I didn't know I was born a medium but I definitely was because I was just in this place of like wanting to understand people there was just something in my spirit that was like I just need to understand this type of pain what kind of experiences would you have as a child 
that, but you, you can look back now and see, oh, oh yeah, that was, you know, that was spirit talking to me, but I didn't know it at the time. The very first memory I have as a child was like when my parents, like, and I now know that my parents were fighting, but before when I was a child, I didn't know that my parents were actually fighting at this time. So my parents were always fighting, like I would be in the back room, but we lived in a trailer. So it's like, you could hear everything. And so I would like be in my room, you know, with my toys. And there was this picture of God and like all these angels. And I remember looking up at it and I remember like seeing the angels like come out of the photo and like hang out with me. And they're just like with me. And it was like the one experience where I was like, oh my God, God is real. And so I just thought that I was seeing God. I had no like, I had no understanding. No one told me that there were children who could see spirit. You know what I mean? No one told me that, oh, if you see something like this, then you, you know, have this ability to connect with spirit. I didn't know. As far as I was taught in church, that was wrong, that you weren't supposed to be able to do that. But that is the type of energy that is just so loving, so altruistic that you will like constantly receive messages. And I would just receive messages by having the desire to understand. And it was kind of like, if I were to describe it, it was kind of like I had a very metaphorical type of mind. So as a kid, it was just kind of like knowing all these things. And I misconstrued it for just being really smart. That was the only type of like definition I could give it back then. No one was talking about mediums and talking to spirit and everything. I was just like, oh, I just must be really smart, you know? <laughs> so when did you finally kind of open up to, to your gifts and say, wait a second, this is, this is more than just my intelligence. This is more than just me. I would say probably last October. <laughs> oh, that's soon. Okay. <laughs> so what happened? So I was, um, I got out of the military as life coaching and I do a lot of emotional freedom techniques. So it's just like, I call it tapping and I would do tapping with these women because it was like, it was very disarmoring and it was the easiest way for them to express how they're feeling while still kind of like, you know, um, processing it and like releasing the emotion. So of course there's places where they'd stop tapping and they're like, I really don't know what to say. And I would just start tapping for them and speaking for them. And like I was tapping with them while they're doing it because like tapping with other people helps you too. So I'd be tapping with them. I would just start speaking like whatever came to my mind. And it wasn't even like I was speaking. And I would realize that I could feel the feelings in my body that she was feeling. And I would ask her like, hey, do you feel this lump in the side of your throat? And she's like, yeah, how'd you know? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just, I feel it too. So and I knew people are connected. I knew that I was, I knew I was an empath, but I didn't know that was a gift. I thought it was more of a curse. So my intuition just led me to a course that a medium I've been following for years. I took one of her courses and the first meditation I did, there was someone in my hallway and I heard like a loud zap, but I couldn't see anything. I just felt it and I could feel them standing in the hallway staring at me. Did you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, it freaked me out because all I did was I bought a course. I didn't have any one-on-one -on -one help. I'm just doing these meditations and like they're saying, hey, you know, like, allow this to unfold. It's going to happen slowly. It's going to happen just the way that it needs to. Even if you just feel a feeling, like one feeling, each meditation, just take that for what it is and let that grow. But for me, it was sit in meditation, say said affirmation, that there's like someone in the thing. And like, I can feel it's like, there's a cord from me to the hallway I have over here. And I'm like, <gasps> there's someone there. And it's like, I can just feel it, but I can't see it. And it was freaking me out. And so I emailed the girl whose course it was. And I'm like, what do I do? Help me. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know who's here. 
I thought you said this was supposed to like be really chill and really easy. And I thought I was just making this up. Like I thought I was going to take the course and be like, ha ha April, just kidding. You're not a medium. Ha ha ha. But I took the course and it was like the very first time someone legit came to me in my room and I was like, and I can't see them. So I don't like it. <laughs> like, so what did you do with this person? Well, I guess it's not a person or a spirit. Yeah, yeah. So I just like, I hired her. I hired a coach, like, because I'm sorry, like, I have no reference point for how to do this. I come from a Southern Baptist background or all like everything spirit wise is all connected to fear and drama and just ridiculousness. And so how did you get past that fear? I worked with someone like that was the thing, like a lot of people, they come about their intuition. And because your intuition is so self empowering, they're like, Oh, well, then I can just do it myself. And I'm like, if that were the case, then they're like, we would be living lives solely by ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we live in a world filled with like a whole bunch of people so that we can experience ourselves through these people. So I found someone. And the reason why I know she was the right person to get is because I've been following her for years. And that's my claircognizant working too, because you'll find that when you're claircognizant, you'll ask a question and either you'll be told the answer, you'll get like a download where it just comes to you and like a run, or maybe while you're going to the store, maybe when you're driving. But then with this, it was like, I found her when I started actually waking up spiritually it was actually like when I was actually in the military on a ship. Once I figured out my gifts and I like got to this place, I was like, holy crap, this is actually a gift. These don't have to be bad <laughs> and all these things. So it was just crazy. So how yeah. did you, how did you learn to combine the physical with the spiritual? Okay. So if we were to just give ourselves room to be who we are and just experience those things in order for me to understand both, I had to polarize both. For me, the way I understand polarization, it's kind of like, imagine you have the North pole and the South pole. First, you're like, no, the North Pole is where it's at. The North Pole, I need to understand everything about the North Pole. And for me, that was the physical. So like the first thing that I really explored and I really over identified with was the physical. And it was frustrating and it was hard. And I was like beating myself up. And I realized like, wow, like this sucks. <laughs> like, so what, yeah. what sucked for you? Because I mean, I think we all, the vast majority of, of us are very stuck on the physical realm because this yeah. is who we are and this is what we know. It was tiresome. It was hard. It was go, 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 go. There was no time for me to acknowledge my spiritual side. There was no time for me to acknowledge emotions. Basically what I was living out, I was living out that idea that in order to get what you want, you just have to go for it full force fight for it, get it, take it. But if you ever listen to Abraham Hicks, that's called going upstream. So, and that's what they tell you. They're like, you don't want anything upstream. And that was me living upstream. And so when I was living there, it was like my mind was on this constant roller coaster of wanting to do something and then freaking out and saying that I couldn't do it to the point to where I was taking all this action, but it was getting me nowhere. And I was just taking action to like, not think about the feelings and the beliefs that just didn't align with it. And I had a lot of beliefs to like work through. And so I was going through it thinking that my force, my will, my ability to take action was going to get me what I wanted, but spirit would have given me what I wanted doing that. I would have never learned about the spiritual side at all. I would have never had a spiritual experience. You know, I would have just kept doing what I was doing. What were you trying to accomplish? 
get this beach body business off the ground and just like make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. Trying to secure financial stability like when I got out of the military. But what I realized is that whenever this idea that I was meant for more would come up, I would shy away from it. And I would say, no, this is easier. I don't want whatever is more that I'm like meant for. And so my business never took off. And it was like year, like two years of me just like busting my ass, spending all this money and doing all these things. But I wasn't looking at like my spiritual, like my spirit had nothing. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know my spirit at all. I was just following everyone else. So for me, that's what sucked. It was doing all these things, not seeing the rewards and still not even, you know, realizing that the whole time I'm like being so mean to myself. And I'm thinking that being mean to myself is going to actually motivate me to be better when really it just made me feel even worse and made me feel like I couldn't do what I actually wanted to do and kept me in that perpetual circle. We all get to that place, right? Like we all get to that place where we feel that like seesaw and it's just that's when I got off said seesaw and I went to the other side and started seesawing. So that's when I wanted to just focus on the spiritual. I realized that I am the perfect balance of physical and spiritual. So after going that crazy round on the, like, the physical, my spiritual experience was more of just playing the victim. And it was more of the spiritual experience of completely feeling out of control. There was nothing that I could actually do to change what was going to happen. It was like my spiritual experience was going back to that like Southern Baptist way of thinking where, you know, you're never going to know what God actually wants you to do. So just get pissed off about it and blame everyone else for it. And just know that you're going to heaven because that's all that really matters. <laughs> like, like I had to go back to that place and I had to experience that, you know, and I had to understand what that felt like. And really what that felt like was getting mad at everyone who had what I wanted <laughs> and, like, and feeling like, you know, oh my God, like there's something wrong with me. So then how did you finally get over the victim mentality that was permeating in your mind? I hired a coach. <laughs> I hired another coach. It was strictly mindset. So I started my spiritual business. Like I started my business as a, like, as a life coach. It wasn't even really spiritual at the time. But I started my business as a life coach and I realized I need someone to help me understand money because I don't come from a family that has a lot of money. And I realized very quickly that the amount of money I was making in the military was like the cap of the amount of money I was making in my business. I found this chick and she was like amazing. And she's like this amazing mindset coach and she had a money boot camp. And so I got like the VIP money boot camp because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to completely understand myself surrounding money and everything. Doing the money mindset actually helped me like open up to the gifts that I had because we don't realize how like all these beliefs that we have, they don't affect just one area, they affect every area. So by me like focusing on money and focusing on that specific thing, I was able to heal a lot of other areas because I healed money. So that was one of the things that like really helped me to balance out both the word polarization I never used before I got my gifts. But it, like, I think it was a message that I got right before I was going to sleep. And it was like, you have to quit polarizing and you need to start finding balance. Like balance has been like my biggest word as a coach, as a mother, like, you know, just who I am. Like I crave balance. And I know there are people who say like balance is a myth. And I'm like, that's not true. We crave that homeostasis. And that's just a part of like trusting our bodies, trusting everything. So how do you, do you have a daily practice to help you balance the spiritual with the physical? 
for me, making time to like meditate every day is my spiritual practice. And then as my physical practice, I make it a routine to actually get into my body. For me, grounding is is the best way for me to do that. But sometimes that means, you know, going for a run (laughs) or sometimes it means, you know, doing something that's more analytical or maybe even just like cleaning my house all about like taking the time to receive the messages for yourself but while still taking care of like everything here, you know what I mean? While still taking care of your home, while still taking care of your family, while still taking care of what's here. To me, it's all about interchangeably like layering the two. So when I'm washing dishes, I'm receiving messages. When I'm in the shower, I'm, you know, receiving messages. I may not always understand what they mean and I may not like give them all the same amount of attention, but I make sure that I sit myself down, you know, like at least once a day or even sometimes twice a day when I feel called to, to actually like receive the messages and really just align with my spirit. So how do you get to know your own spirit? For me, it's just sitting in meditation and like calling on your spirit and asking it to come to you and asking it to like sit with you and to feel the energy of it. Telling all the other spirits around you because we don't realize how many spirits we have around us. Telling all the other spirits around us to back up. How can you tell, like, the difference? Is it just, like, a different feeling, a different First things first, because spirit can't intervene without our permission, you have to set the intention. So if you're setting the intention saying, hey, guys, I only want to connect with my spirit right now. All the other spirits around me need to back up, but I want my soul to be here, and I want to feel the feeling of my soul. Or maybe if you're more visual, if you're more clairvoyant, I want to see my soul. You know, like I want to have conversations with my soul and just sitting there and letting what comes up come up. So for me the other day, and this is like the most beautiful experience I ever had, I was sitting with my soul and I just started saying thank you, you know, and I started getting really grateful and I was just like, thank you, thank you. And with each thank you, I could feel this connection growing. And with each thank you started at my toes and I slowly started to feel this like kind of electricity come up. And I said, thank you, thank you. And I felt it go through each chakra and then get to my heart and just kind of like explode. And it's just like this feeling of like having this like pyramid of protection around you that is your soul. And you start to realize your soul is way effing bigger and way effing powerful and way more grand and divine than we give it credit for. And learning that and cultivating that connection to me will get you every single connection that you need because the closer that you are with your soul, the more in tune with like what you're actually here to do. And the non-physical part of you is what the non-physical part of you is what continues on forever and ever. So you have to get to know the non-physical part of you. Yes. No, I totally, I totally agree. As, because my whole journey is relatively new and this is also what I have, I have learned in, in the last year. I think one thing too that's important to bring up that like is just spirit, like make sure to say this is that we devalue ourselves because we're taught to from society we're taught to devalue ourselves so that we can go to this person for this thing that we need and go to that person for that thing that we need because what does that do it provides an economy it provides stability it provides security for a nation right and these are all good things but we devalue ourselves because we're taught to devalue ourselves and if you learn that you chose it because someone else told you to then you learn that you can choose something else right now So for those who have a tremendous amount of self-doubt, how do you learn to start trusting yourself? Well, first things first is you have to identify your worth. In order to trust yourself, you have to know yourself. And that's a journey within and of itself. 
I, like I told you before, I had these gifts the whole time. I just didn't know how to like trust myself. I was taught to devalue what I, what I thought. So I always devalued that voice. Right. But it was the voice of wisdom that I was devaluing. Right. Because it just, it seemed too simple. It seemed too easy. It seemed too like to tell people is like, if we start to, when we start to complicate things, that's your ego, because there's always a simple, easy way. And so when we try to make things really complicated, that's when our ego is just like trying to get us to spin out of control. You know, that's one of the reasons why like right now I'm like promoting like a woman's worth. I'm sitting here in my meditation and spirits like it doesn't matter how good, pure, whole you are. If you don't have worth, if you don't have that like value of who you are, you don't know yourself, you're not going to be able to do anything with it because you're not going to have that belief of like, wow, I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to do this. This is something I'm meant to do. You're going to sit there and you're going to be like, well, should I do this or should I do that? And every time that your spirit comes to you, your spirit will be like, well, what if you just tried this? And your ego will be like, nope, we're not doing it. Can't do that. You know what I mean? And what do you say to people who, who I guess doubt you or just say, you know what, this is just your imagination. Or even when people come to you and they want to learn this, and they keep on thinking, you know what? I'm just making this up. None of this is, is real. Well, it's not my job to prove to you anything. You know what I mean? I can't, I've learned that successfully from Christians. You can't, just pl- you can't just throw your beliefs on someone and expect it not to give them a little bit of whiplash and want to like get frustrated with you. So for me, it's like if that's where that person is and they truly believe that you know they're making it up, the first thing I would tell them, I would ask them, I would just, what if you are making it up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if you, like, what if you were making it up? Would you still like to pursue this? What, like, would that still, you know, is it still something that you want to do? And if that's the case, then like, that's the most aligned you've been all day. So at least just follow that and then come back to me and tell me what happened. It's silly to think that, you know, we're going to have these in the process of growing our intuition that we're not going to ha- make a few mistakes along the way. So it's really just about kind of tapping in and trusting what comes to you and And having the discernment to say, okay, this is what I think is right right now. I'm okay with that. Let me just experience it. You know what I mean? And let me just get to understand like what part of me wants this, what part of me doesn't want this, you know? And that's why I think mindset work in the midst of spiritual practice is the best grounding thing you can do because it takes into consideration your ego it takes into consideration your subconscious and you can't ignore your ego your subconscious if you want to get somewhere your subconscious is the 99 percentile of what's attracting to you the other two percent is your conscious mind so you have to get really clear about what's going on in your subconscious what's coming up for you and so that was like that's why it's so important is because like when we get in the spiritual side it's like everything is based on resonance what feels good but we have to take into account that we are human beings with an ego. So sometimes our ego can come in and make something not feel good that may be good for us. And so that's whenever you have to pay attention to like, what are my thoughts surrounding this? What are my emotions surrounding this? Are these thoughts true? Yeah. So self-awareness is key. Yes. Yes. Self-awareness. I feel like spirituality is like the ultimate self-awareness. Spiritual has nothing to do with religion. For me nothing and it has everything to do with just like embodying every aspect of my soul that I can and healing as much as I need to to like experience it in the best way possible yes yes absolutely and to heal 
what do you do to to heal and in terms of healing you mean like past emotional and energetic wounds that happened to you when you were younger when you sit down in meditation sometimes these things resurface and what do you do to heal them yeah so for me tapping is healing oh my god tapping like i'll sit and like something will not make me feel good and it'll come up in the midst of like what i'm going after and so i like tap on that just let myself like cry just let myself get out those feelings tapping when you release that resistance that builds up from you from that emotion that hasn't been felt it releases it and it's like the entrance point where your higher self can come in and give you this like divine understanding of why that happened so I do a lot of tapping I do a lot of asking like well why would this happen well why did I think this well why did I feel this you know healing for you is basically through the tapping the emotions and the ideas come up you let them essentially burn away you feel it and then through that you release it and then it opens you up and that allows spirit to come. Totally. Yeah, totally. Because what I found is that spirit will trigger me. Spirit utilizes our ego to help us understand ourselves more, you know? And so it's my job to just be, like you said, self-aware. And when something doesn't feel good and it feels like that leech on my side, I just tap the heck out of it. And I let myself get really emotional and I get really like, you know, angry and I get really sad. And I just let myself feel those feelings and cry those tears. And then I step away from it and I go live my life and then boom, whatever it is that was being blocked before. Like I'll give you the, like the one example that comes to me is like, I manifested like $6,000 one time just by like tapping on like all my resistance to money. And I was just like, I want more money and it's not coming to me. And I don't understand. Like, I deserve it. What's wrong? And there was a check in the mail for $6,000 when I went there. And I was just like, you know, like honoring that part of ourselves, being truthful about how our subconscious is feeling is the ultimate way of like really aligning because you're being so honest about the deepest, darkest parts of you. Yes. And not rejecting it and not saying that this is bad and this is evil and, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't look there, but to. That is like my, honestly, I'm always working on that. I'm always working on like reevaluating what I think is good and bad. Well, because, especially because you were raised in an Uber Christian. Yeah. yeah. With a tremendous amount of fear. All this fear. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't raised Christian, but my, but my husband and my stepdaughter my, are. So it's interesting to see. Um, the differences. Mm-hmm. And when this whole thing happened, um, and my husband and I was kind of exploring, especially once I started getting to Oracle cards, like my husband was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's okay. There's nothing evil about this. Right. Don't worry. Well, thank you so much, April, for chatting with me yeah. today. Yeah. Um, thanks so for interviewing me. Find you. Where can they find you? So I have my group on Facebook that I'm like in love with, Spiritual Gangstas with an A and Lightworkers. You can find me on www.aprilkamara.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah, thank you too. I think learning to differentiate between the voice of your ego and the voice of your intuition is one of the greatest skills that we can develop. For the intuition comes from spirit or source or whatever you want to call it, yet we are so immersed in the egoic world that it is often all that we hear. And as April tried to escape the intensity of the ego through drug use when she was younger, what she was really looking for was the connection. And we can all attain that connection when we are able to calm our ego down. And there's no need to kill the ego as some spiritual circles claim, but rather acknowledge what it's trying to do. 
is trying to keep us safe by preventing change from occurring and by making the comfort zone oh so comfortable. That's when you can tell the ego to finally take a seat beside you and allow spirit to take over. And that's when miracles will occur and your life will unfold the way it's supposed to. Thank you so much for listening. If you really enjoyed this podcast, then please take a moment to go to iTunes to rate and review it. This will help to spread the message of awakening and enlightened love. I'll see you next week.